I respectfully disagree podcast back with another quick episode uh shout out to anybody that joins the Facebook live I just hit the live feature um to those that are new to the channel welcome if you're not already following hit the subscribe button hit the thumbs up button highly highly appreciate it highly recommend it um Road to 500 continues. I'm at like 440. So slowly getting there. So shout out to the new subscribers that uh, has joined the channel in the last couple of days. But uh, it's Friday, man. Uh, Men's USA basketball has lost again. So today's topic is, I ain't going to say it's a topic, just me kind of ranting, venting for a moment. In terms of, is this another example of the arrogance from the United States in terms of sports? Um, I know we like to hang our hat on the 92 Dream Team and all this and that and how the United States has always dominated the rest of the world in competitive sports. But the rest of the world is catching up. And I want to touch on that, you know, here for a moment. Like I said, basketball is one of my favorite sports. You know, I ain't going to say one of. Basketball is my favorite sport. Uh, Eat, sleep, and drink basketball. So I had some choice words when they lost the other day to, I believe it was uh, Lithuania. You know, me and my brother-in-law, shout out to my brother Rick. You know, we always get together and talk about basketball and things like that. And I was giving my perspective then. And you thought, okay, they still got a chance. They can go win, you know what I'm saying, get gold, first place, World Cup. But sure enough, they lost today to Germany. So I want to touch on that. But before I get started, uh, last night, Detroit Lions beat the Kansas City Chiefs opening night for NFL Um so a few takeaways that I have from that, you know, sitting down watching that game. The the first is Travis Kelsey. We all knew he was a valuable piece to that puzzle, um, even more so than Tariq Hill in a sense. You know, they were able to go back and, and win another Super Bowl without Tariq Hill. And in my opinion, that, that showed that, you know, Kelsey was maybe a little bit more valuable. But not having him on the field last night was like, okay. <laughs> like, Kansas City might be in trouble if he's not able to get back on that field at 100% anytime soon. And you don't want to rush him back out there, which could lead to, you know, an even more serious injury, especially when you're dealing with knees and at the tight end position, you know what I'm saying? He's going to, you know, come through with a lot of contact, whether it's coming across the middle, a lot of blocking schemes and things like that. So he's a very valuable piece to that puzzle. But I don't know if I put all of that on Mahomes last night because, man, it was a lot of guys on that field that I had no idea who they even were. And Mahomes was putting the, putting the ball – where it needed to be, and 
<laughs> you got Tony, dog. It was like, I don't think I've seen that. And I get it. I think uh, they said that he hadn't been uh, a participant in training camp and practices and things like that. And that's a, that's a rough way to start, man, because he was getting some booze out there last night. And to me, they were very much deserved. Like, okay, early in the game, cool, you drop a couple of passes, no problem. But now it's, it's crunch time, and every first down is important. And every time he hit that man in the numbers in that ball, it was almost like Mahomes was throwing bricks at that dude, man. It was like you almost felt bad for him. But at the same token, it's like they, they're going to need some, some better pieces, um, particularly, in my opinion, the running back position. It's like I, I get it. You know, you just kind of run by committee, whatever, Pacheco, whatever his name is. To me, he he's a, a important piece, or he could be. But, it's you know, they're so focused on passing the ball to where, you know, he's not getting enough touches. And then you bring in Clyde Edwards, whatever his name is, and it's like, you know, he's not in the game long enough to build a, a rhythm, get in flow. So it's like, damn, like, what do you do? Shout out to my guy Sneed, though, man. I, like I said, I know it's Friday. It's early. People are still at work or doing whatever they're doing, picking kids up from school. But I just wanted to get this off my mind real quick. But it's like, is this also a reflection of teams paying their quarterbacks this large amount of money? Shout out to Cincinnati. It looks like uh, Joe Burrow got the bag. But it's like, okay, in the next year or two, you ain't going to be able to pay anybody else. So is that uh, symptoms of what Kansas City is dealing with right now when you look at their receiving core in terms of it's just a bunch of mediocre guys out there? And then you got, you know, Chris Jones holding out. He's trying to get paid. So what do you do? It's like, is, is this going to be the, 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 the new trend with all of these teams that's – paying these quarterbacks these historical contracts it's like all right that's cool but then in two years when it's time to pay chase you know what i'm saying it's time to you know re-up on mixing and all of those guys higgins are you going to have another kansas city situation because i honestly feel like kansas city they're going to need another piece or two because you can't solely rely on kelsey you know what I'm saying? He's getting up there in, in age. And who's he going to throw the ball to? So, anyways, shout out to the Detroit Lions, though, man. Like, they they didn't look impressive, but they definitely have something to build on, in my opinion. Um, they have a lot of nice weapons. Seems like golf is slowly starting to settle in. Uh, that that first year, he he just looked like a deer in headlights. But now, you know, what I'm saying he looks like he's starting to settle down. And then them adding uh, Montgomery from Chicago, I think that was huge uh, running back leadership. Before they passed the torch to, uh, I think it's Gibbs that they picked up. But um, that division might be tough, man. Nobody's picking Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Bears are still trying to figure things out. 
You don't know what what team is going to show up this year. And then uh, that leaves Minnesota. You know, Minnesota's kind of hit or miss. They got rid of uh, Dalvin Cook. So without Dalvin Cook, you really don't know what that offense is going to look like this year unless it's just going to be constant airing the ball out. And at that point, do you trust Kirk Cousins to try to go out and put 300 yards up every week? You know what I'm saying? Eventually, (laughs) somebody's going to have to stop uh, Jefferson. After the year he had last year, it's like teams are going to be geared up towards him, and I get it. He's a monster, almost to the point to where shit, even if you double-team him, he's still going to find a way to get the ball. But without a veteran running back, is Minnesota really going to be a legit threat for that division? So who knows, man? Detroit might shock some people, man. But anyway, real quick, man. Basketball. Basketball, man. When I first saw this roster, I said to myself, like, whose idea was this? So I got the roster pulled up here on my on my laptop here. And I'm looking at Brandon Ingram. Uh what's your boy from Duke? Uh Apollo. Banchero, Ranchero, whatever his name is. Uh, Looked like old buddy Kessler, Bobby Portis, uh, Jackson. Looking at Mikael Bridges, Josh Hart, Brunson, Anthony Edwards, uh, the kid from the Pacers, and then uh, Austin Reeves. And I'm saying to myself, it's like, is this a situation where the star players is like, man, we ain't. I heard Jimmy Butler make a comment and was like, I don't care about the World Cup or nothing like that. So my my first question when I saw the roster was like, where is your Tatums? Things like that. You know what I'm saying? Like Booker. I get it. I saw uh, DeAndre Ayton. I think he's, you know, with the Bahamas. Of course, Luca, you know, played for his home team, things like that. But in terms of stars from the United States, it's like this is the team that, that we could come up with. Like, no disrespect to these guys or whatever, but I'm like, if you going up against the the rest of the world – this ain't it. Like, you can look at it from a size standpoint as well as look at it from just scoring or athletic ability. It's like this team doesn't stand out in terms of athleticism, in in my opinion. And for those that uh, disagree or agree, let me know in the comments. Like, how do y'all feel about this roster that they put together to compete for the World Cup. And that's why I feel like that's the arrogance from the United States that thinks that, hey, we can just put anything out there and we're going to go dominate. And I feel like a lot of people keep wanting to, you know, hang their hat on the dream team. But like I was telling my brother-in-law, it's like that shows you how – the game today has changed because you can get away with this in the NBA playing small ball. Go out there, get up and down, jack up a bunch of shots. Cool. But now you 
you playing against the rest of the world and they still utilize big men, seven footers, strong big men, take you down under the rim and, and dominate. And I feel like that's where Team USA suffered because a lot of these games, man, they was playing from behind. They was getting killed on the glass. Shout out to Rose on the on the live. His roster is crap. You facts. <laughs> <laughs> Super facts. Straight facts. Like, I don't even know who signed off on that or if this was a situation where they didn't get enough interest from, you know, some of your marquee players. And, of course, I get it. Uh, guys like Steph, KD, you know, especially KD. KD them been through this, this run, so – in terms of him having any interest, it's like, nah, if I can spend the offseason working on, you know, getting healthy, uh, building chemistry with some of the new pieces that they brought down there in Phoenix, then that's where his focus is, or just getting rest. So it's just one of them things, or is it like, okay, will the real stars come out for the Olympic Games? And this is just what, what we had to deal with. But it's like... I still feel like, in my opinion, it shows, A, the arrogance of the United States, and it shows that I feel like, again, strictly my opinion, if you agree, let me know. If you disagree, let me know. I can hit the button. I feel like this shows you that the game of basketball in terms of the United States is slowly falling behind. And I want to clarify that statement from my perspective. We're in a social media era where the only thing that matters is highlight plays. As long as I can break somebody's ankles or dunk on somebody, that's going to carry me everywhere I need especially at the high school level or the collegiate era, uh, level because that's all you see now. All it takes is one viral video of somebody jumping out of the gym and then before you know it, it's going to get shared a million times and then this kid is going to start getting college offers and things like that and you don't even know whether or not he can actually play the game of basketball as it's designed to be played with four other people on the court running the offense, scoring points to try to beat your opponent. And that's what we're basing everything on now in the United States. If you look at some of the young stars that we thought, you know what I'm saying, your Zions and things like, man, we knew who Zion was when he was in seventh, eighth grade, solely based off the fact that you're talking about a kid that's over 200 pounds and jumping out of the gym. And he's treating his opponents like little rag dolls, which technically that's what he was supposed to do. But then you're getting these kids that go into college for only one year. They might average 12 to 15 points. And then you throw their name in the draft and then you get out there with grown men or your veterans. And now they just look average. They just look mediocre. But yet, guess what? Based off potential, all these endorsement deals are already at their doorstep. You got the shoe deal. You got the Gatorade, Powerade commercials. You got all of that, and you haven't necessarily earned it. 
So now there's no motivation to get better. Again, Zion, you know, shout out to him. He's still young. I saw some pictures. It looked like he done lost a ton of weight. So hopefully this season he he can bounce back. But it's like he's either been injured. You know, it ain't no he's either been injured. That's what it is. His whole NBA career has been marked with, with injuries and being overweight. So you don't really know what his full potential is going to be. And you're talking about this is his, what, fourth or fifth season? So you rule him out from being possibly on this team. If Zion was healthy, you would hope or you would assume that he would have been on this team. You think about your John Morant. He came in the same draft as uh, Zion, young superstar. Should have been out there on this team. So is this a situation where it's, you know, lack of interest or they had a specific set of players that they were trying to go after or whatever? Who knows? But that's what I'm saying. It's like the talent. You know, John Morant got his own shoe deal. Kudos to him. But in terms of leadership, the face of a franchise, there's still a question mark there based off of his actions off the court. So that's what I'm saying. So when you start comparing some of your previous teams, such as the the Dream Team and things like that, like that was a special group of men that came together. They already possess the star power. They already possess the knowledge of the game. And they were able to put it together in jail where now you just taking a bunch of random people like these parts do not fit. And I saw where, you know, Brandon Ingram was upset because, you know, he was only averaging like five points. And you're talking about a 30 point score in the NBA. So that in its own self shows you like, you know, a lot of people argue, talk about. The game is easier. The NBA soft. They don't play defense. And it's like, and then like, hey, <laughs> it's hard to argue that now because now when you put these players up against some of the other talent, you know, across the rest of the world, they're struggling. Brandon Ingram don't look like Brandon Ingram. And, you know what I'm saying, your boy Banchero or whatever his name is, like, don't get me wrong, he's a decent player, but he's too young. Like, why is he even on this roster? What has he done to earn a spot on this roster? Uh, Bobby Portis, he's a solid, you know what I'm saying, role player. But to represent the United States, like. I disagree. Nah. Josh Hart. Uh, don't get me wrong, man. Austin Reeves, he's he's an energy guy, in my opinion. You know, he's rising to becoming a solid NBA player. But in terms of representing Team USA, how? How do we get all the way to this point? Or I give you one better here. Anthony Davis, in my opinion, should have had his ass out there. Who knows? He still might. Like I said, you know, we got to figure out what team they're going to take to the to the Olympics at this point because this right here ain't it. You know what I'm saying? Tatum, where's Tatum? Where's Brown? Like, come on now. So is this a sense of, again, like I said, no interest? Uh, there's no pride to put on that that jersey that that uniform. And represent the United States. Like, what's the deal? 
with what we're sending over there. And that's what I'm saying. It's like talent wise, it don't live up to it. But back to what I was saying real quick, because I got off track. I was talking about playing small ball in the NBA. To me, in my opinion, the NBA has become entertainment. So, yeah, small ball is cool. Get up and down, put up a bunch of points, jack up a bunch of threes, get some fast break dunks and things like that to get the crowd involved, get the crowd excited. But in terms of strategically playing basketball, it don't fit with the rest of the world. So, like I said, you get a situation where you got guys that's being punished down low, guarding people that they have no business trying to guard. I saw Austin, Austin Reeves in a getting put in a blender down on the box. It wasn't nothing he could do. And I think he fouled out that game or was in foul trouble because now you, you got him trying to guard post players. Like, bro, like it makes zero sense. And I don't care if you put uh, Tyron Liu, Steve Kerr, Spolstra, and use their veteran, you know, coaching abilities and things like that. If you don't have the talent, it's meaningless. So going back to the dream team real quick, and then I'm, I'm going to be done. It's like what made that team special was you had skilled players for every position. Patrick Ewan, David Robinson, Charles Barkley, Carl Malone. Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, Clyde Drexler, Chris Mullins. I think Mullins was on that team. Stockton, Magic, Bird. So no matter who got tired, no matter what happened, you had a player that could replace a player for his position. Where now they trying to go out here with undersized forwards no center undersized point guards like don't get me wrong man Brunson can score he's solid at the NBA level but it's like come on man like what are we doing uh Bridges Bridges is solid but are you really taking them to war with you when you you trying to go (laughs) represent the country like nah man like It makes zero sense. And it started showing his face when that Allen Iverson team lost. Everybody wants to throw out the memes and things like that and blame those young studs from the 03 class, uh, Braun and Melo. But they wasn't getting minutes like that for real. The veterans on that team was Iverson, Duncan, all them dudes. And those were your superstars at that time period. But for whatever reason, it just didn't jail. Marbury. So it's like, why do people feel like you can just put a bunch of random guys on a team? If they're not team players for their actual team that they represent in the NBA, what makes you think they're going to come together and be a team to represent the United States? Selfish players in the the league are going to be selfish players on the biggest stage in the world. And then it's like, okay, man, they had to go get Kobe to save the, go back and get the medal and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that that's very much true. Kobe was a huge difference maker on the redeem team. 
because he brought that mindset. Like, I'm not here to BS around. Like, this is business, and we're going to treat it as such. So who on this team has got that mindset? At one point, people criticized uh, Anthony Edwards for not eating the right foods, or he just kind of has this nonchalant attitude. Yes, he's he's an athlete. He can hoop. But it's like, in my opinion, you're not even getting his full potential in a sense. Like, he's just out here playing. Like, I feel like Anthony Edwards still has another level that he can take his game to, and hopefully this season we'll see that because playing on this team, you know what I'm saying, he he became the face of this team in a sense to where they was looking at him to carry them. But at the end of the day, based on experience, those shoes was obviously too big to fill. Because like I said, a lot of these games, they they were playing from behind from the jump. So it ain't like, oh, this was a a fluke or shocker that they lost. No, they, they were struggling. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? You know, Kobe, Braun, D-Wade, Dwight Howard, Bosh, you know what I'm saying? Like, great talent. But it took them going through all of that before they finally figured it out. And they went on and took care of business. Even that team that they had with uh, Kevin Durant. It's like, oh, for a minute there, you know what I'm saying? They didn't really dominate the way the United States used to dominate in the past. So is that a sign that the rest of the world is catching up? Or is that a sign that the United States has fell off? That's the question that I want to leave with everybody. So y'all let me know in the comment section, man. Like, which one is it? Has the world caught up or has the United States fell off? Because if you look at it across the board, in my opinion, it's like even at the college level, it's like you don't really have a lot of standout kids the way you did back in the day. Everybody's leaving early, so you don't even see them develop. And then they get to the league and then they're lost in the shuffle. It's a lot of kids that, that left the University of Kentucky. I feel like they left too early. Uh, the kid, uh, Ty-Ty, I feel like he had a lot of intangibles in terms of being a great guard. He could shoot. I felt like he understood the game. He just needed to develop from a physicality standpoint. He wasn't a high flyer or nothing like that. So it's like, okay, you put your name in the NBA – then you have to stand out as a as a scorer because he he wasn't an above the rim player. And it's like, okay, I don't even know where he's at now. You look at the kid uh from UCLA, played out there with, with Bronny Nim, light skinned kid, left handed. Amani uh, Bates, I think that was his name. Um, hold on. Let's see here. What was it? Bailey. Yeah, Amari Bailey. 
to me, he was another, you know what I'm saying, freak athlete. And you go to school one year, didn't really stand out for real in my opinion, and then boom, you put your name in the draft. Uh, I'm thinking about your boy Bates, Imani Bates. Been following this kid since he was young, Instagram sensation. And then, boom, you get into some issues in Memphis, transfer to Eastern Michigan, uh, put your name in the draft. You drop all the way down to, like, 40-something pick. Now you lost in the shuffle. But guess what? Because we pumped these kids' heads up thinking that they were Internet famous, now you kind of don't have that that drive anymore. Uh, Shout-out to Mikey Williams. He's got some issues going on in the world. You don't even know if he's going to be able to play collegiate ball right now. There was another kid that we've been watching him jump and dunk on people since he was in the eighth or ninth grade. And now that it's actually time for him to prove himself at the next level, he's out here pistol whipping people. And it's like, come on, bro. Like, where is the hunger to get better? Where is the hunger to achieve excellence? But guess what? He's already paid. He got a shoe deal. He's signed with Puma and things like that. It's like you you paying these kids based off of how much money you think they can bring you as a company instead of setting a standard saying that, guess what? Hard work pays off. So you keep getting better, devoting time to your craft, and we're going to be sitting here waiting to give you everything that you that you deserve and everything that, that you've earned. So that's going to be the thing. Like, what's going to be the incentive to make these players continue to play and get better? And then you won't have to deal with the rest of the world catching up. And some people is like, oh, this is an embarrassment to the United States, blah, 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 blah. But then in reality, it's like maybe these are the wake-up calls that we need. But anyways, man, I'm going to jump off here, man. Again, the road to 500. Y'all be sure to hit that subscribe button. If you're watching this, hit the thumbs up. If you're listening to it, hit the thumbs up. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, Coming up with some ideas for some fall merch. Shout out to my guy, Alex. He hit me up uh, from back home asking me, was I going to do anything? And trying to figure out some different ideas, you know, in terms of maybe hoodies, crew necks. Might even do uh, sweats. I don't know. But that's one of them things where it's like, okay, I'm investing time. I'm investing money into it. So if y'all really going to be serious about it, then let me know. Otherwise, I can't keep sitting here putting money behind T-shirts and things like that. And then people are like, hey, I want one. I want one. And then when it's time to pay up, people back out on me. So then I'm stuck with it. And like I said, at that point, I'm losing money. When the goal is only to grow the podcast, I'm not here to try to be no uh, fashion designer and things like that. It's just, hey, here's some merch, trying to grow the podcast, support the homies, and see where it goes. So, like I said, man, y'all hit that thumbs up, hit the like, uh, hit the subscribe button, and until we meet again, we out. Toasted, no competition, I'm Nisha Coastal. I feel it.